Hey there, we're Jason and Caroline Zook, a husband and wife team who believes life is just one big experiment. This is the show where we share our journey as we figure out this ever-changing thing called life. We cover topics like running a business, traveling the world, and clawing our way out of debt, all with the hope of inspiring you to live, work, and create with more intention. Life might bring its twists and turns, but when you know who you are and what you want, you're never really lost. Welcome to Wandering Aimfully, the show. Welcome to another Wandering Aimfully show. We were just talking before we started about this face app that has kind of taken over. You've um, seen it. Because we're doing the video version of the show still, uh, we also just were set up for filming something else. That's why you get super fancy video this episode. Uh, so the face app has kind of like taken over the internet here. It's one of those things that like when it starts and then you start to see it everywhere. It's the people posting photos of the old themselves age. as old. Yeah. And the it's just, AI filter is really good. This has been around for a while. Like we sure. have, we've had, but this, these are good. These like, are good. These are legit yeah. good. But the thing that you were talking about, which, which we talked about even when it came up was the male female yeah, psychology of this, which Jason is kind of weird. Jason did his and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. And like, I'll, I'll have put it up so I can see if you're watching. Cute old man, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I want to do mine. I want to do mine. And I did mine and I got through three photos <laughs> of myself doing it. And I just remember looking at the old age photos of myself and being like, I can't post that. that is, this is not fun. This is like really, I don't like the way that this makes me feel. And it's so interesting because as with that fresh in my mind, I've been looking online and 90% of the photos that I've seen are of men playing yeah. with the app and not as many of women and posting it. And I just think that that's an interesting note about the psychology of the, I, the way that we view old age. Yeah. In I'll be honest. Like women. there are people who I will not name, but people who have DM'd me and they've said like, I can't post mine, but just like, here's what it looked like. And I'm like, why can't you post that? It's just you as an old person. Like it's not, I don't find were it. Were those people women? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm speaking spe specifically about women. I don't think that you look bad at all. And and I just think that this is a societal thing. And we talked about that when you first did yours. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to post it. Like, you didn't want to show me. And I'm like, first of all, this is a completely fictional depiction know, of what weird. we look like as old people. Uh, second of all, it is really uh, an interesting study of the human societal thing with men getting older and women getting older and what the expectations are of those things. And it's messed up. Like as the man in this conversation, I can fully admit, like it's stupid that I feel nothing posting mine other than just look how I, like I'm holding a thing of donuts. Uh, I look funny as an old man holding donuts. But like, Which, let's be honest, you're still going to be getting down on some Oh, totally. Unless you're like blood sugars. Nah, still, tell. yeah, especially when um, I'm like 100. It brings up also to me an interesting conversation about representation because as my brain tries to dig deeper into that and go, well, why is that? Why do why do women, you know, why do we have this connotation of women in old age? And there's a lot of different factors, but I think part of it is that in media, in movies and things like that, you have a very small percentage of older, of old women yeah. that are portrayed as beautiful yeah. and interesting and, and experienced and these positive things. And you have this whole range of men who have careers well into their 80s and 90s. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. just have so many more men to look at and go, oh, he's interesting. He's lived a, a full life. Like he's handsome. He's weathered. He's seasoned. Like all these different things where, and so I think it's an interesting commentary on how much representation matters in forming our beliefs about what our society deems to be 
positive or negative. Anyway, what a weird way to start this episode. Well, and I actually want to talk further about it because I do think that it's interesting and I think that part of wandering aimfully as just a, an idea or a mindset is to talk through these conversations, kind of, uh, you know, go through them and see what comes out the other side and to have other people be, be a part of that as far as listening or communicating in comments or whatever. Um, but I, one of the things that's really interesting to me about this entire idea of like manipulating the way that you look and like these apps have been around for a while is just our human infatuation for changing the way that we currently look. Like we're so infatuated with like, oh, I look like this now, but like what if I was old? What if I had better facial hair? Like I know for me, First thing I did when I went to that app, I was like, ooh, facial hair. Like I have not, I don't have terrible facial hair, but I don't have great facial hair. And yeah. it's always been a thing I've like, I just want one of those great beards. Yeah. And I did the, I wasn't gonna pay for one. So I did the hipster beard filter and damn it, I looked good. Like it was, I had Wait, a- You didn't show me that one. I had a full mustache. Oh, it was just fantastic. That's the danger of these things. Like you then see, like it's all fun and games until you see a representation of yourself that you can't have. have. Yeah. Like I told Jason, I watched, I somehow stumbled across this random YouTube video of a girl who as an experiment, photoshopped and facetuned all of her dating app photos and saw the difference in how men responded to her. But she said that the unexpected thing that happened was like, it actually made her feel really bad about herself because now she had this thing that looked kind of like her, but a, a more traditionally yeah you know, traditional for the time now, which is always the interesting right. thing too. And, but now that she has that image in her head, she's going to look at herself and say, Oh, well, I'm not, I fall short of that. And so I was like, Whoa, definitely don't do that. I think that's the danger and stuff like edit, you know, filtering yeah. and like all the filters and stuff. But there is something about where we are in this technological moment where something like our appearance, which has been so hard to change. Well, it's, it's very hard to change without yeah. like surgery and things like that but we have these tools at our disposal to with a touch of a button. What like, do I, I find it really helpful for things like stupid things like hair color, like if, yeah. if you want to change your hair color, like frivolous things like that, not like I want my face to be skinnier. I, uh, I want to come back to keyword Paris, so remind me of that. But the first thing I wanted to ask, I'm putting you on the spot and I know you love this so much, is what, what is the thing that I always say about, and I don't, I don't mean this in any like, women should listen to what I have to say. Please don't take that this way. But what is the thing that I always say about women when we see women who have had like facial work done? Like, what do I say about it? Well, you just say, that's not real. I just say, don't do it. Like just age <laughs> gracefully and just be yourself. And you don't like, yeah. you look better when you're just naturally you as you get older. And I, I really hate that this is a part of societal like culture and things that it's glorified for like, puckered lips or smoother skin. And it's like, is it really though? Like who's making these decisions? Because- Listen, I see it both ways because on the one hand, I'm like, it does suck that I know the reasoning behind women who are doing that. And it's because of these standards and it's because of placing so much value on appearance. But at the same token, what I've learned from listening to many of these conversations online is, but at the end of the day, who am I to tell you what you should and shouldn't do to your face? Like, it's fine for you to say like, oh, I would never get my face done. And it's fine for me to say, I wouldn't want that for me, but there's no point in judging somebody else for doing it because that's their thing. Totally, I understand that. But what I think the point that I'm trying to make is- It is, sucks that- That's the thing that women think that they need to do, women specifically, and some men. I mean, let's be honest, like, what's his name? Ray Liotta. Like, Ray Liotta's had some work done and we can all agree 
It's not. I see those Chantix commercials, right? Not, and I'm like, listen, just be you. Just, it, just gracefully let it go, man. And just be your non-smoking <laughs> You did it, Ray. You didn't smoke. Like, we're so proud of you. Don't I get want, your face like, reconstructed. Um, like Karina Karina Ray Liotta. I don't know who that. I don't know what that is. It that was movie? a movie. It was yeah. an old movie with Whoopi Goldberg and Ray Liotta, and they fall in love. Yeah, I do. This is just such a weird thing, and I mentioned it just a second ago. Is like the societal picture and version of what we see as beautiful or what we hold as beautiful up on a pedestal, it changes. So the the really like ironic part about all of this is these apps or these things or even people who are getting surgery. Like in ten years, what everyone's going to deem as beautiful is going to be different, and now you're kind of out of like whatever like vogue or whatever the thing would be of like what looks good. So I think that's almost like kind of a mental just fight you have to have of, well, I'm doing this for now, but in 10 years, like I may have to do something else. So I just think it's a slippery slope. That's what I'm saying. I never really thought about that, but like de definitely it's weird that there are like appearance trends. Think about Kim Kardashian, right? Like right now, so I would say that so many men and women would agree that is like the ideal body to have right now. Well, it's definitely the, tr yeah, like you said, the trendy body right. to have. Like but you have all these women who are literally doing their fitness routines to get their waist down to this and their butt down to this. And I'm going to be honest, like 10 or 15 years ago, no one looked at that body and was like, yeah, that's the one that we want. I know, it, it all was, changes. It, it absolutely does. It and was so, real thin. Yeah. Like, and, and I do, I just, it's just such an interesting thing to watch these things happen. But also for me, like, I love you for exactly how you look, how beautiful you are. I tell you all you the time. These, these cellulite dimples right here? Stop it, we just talked about this, stop it, don't do that. Uh, is the, like. See though, you why do you need, say that? Why do you Because say I don't, don't do want you to think about it. It's not that I care about what I know, it looks but like. I don't think it's about ignoring it, I think it's about reframing it into like, everybody has cellulite, it's fine. Right, well that's that's my point, is like, well then just like, let's not even worry about it. I'm not worried about it, I was showing you. Oh, okay. Uh, I wanna come back to Paris. So, not the location, but the Instagram filter. I, really dislike that Instagram has this filter What's for- the Paris? It's the one that like smooths out your face and it like saturates everything. Oh, it's the pretty one? Yes. I- I know, I like This that. is the first step that, that Instagram kind of did where it actually, it wasn't just like an artistic effect or it wasn't something that heightened or lowered lighting or saturation in a photo. It actually changed the way that you look in a photo. Now I'll say like a landscape, you wanna throw a Paris filter on? Great, do you. But I just feel like it's- Oh Paris, it's like the, f no, that's like a brightness thing. I'm no, talking- No, Paris is the first filter in Instagram stories and it literally glosses over your face. Like I purposely okay. do it's not use it. So it's the pretty one. Yes, because- Huh? Can I have my phone? Can we do a little test? We can do a little test right here. I, I know that I'm 100% right because I've looked so, at this well, and thought about it. I know, I just want to be on the same page. Show me which one you're talking about. It's the very first one. So like... I know, but that's just a brightness filter. No, that's a photo of you that I did with uh, the face app. Hold on. I got to find one <laughs> where it's not us. Old. Yeah, you looked old. Yeah. Um, hold on. This is us looking. So look, this is this. Let me turn my brightness way up. Boy, this is fun for you guys who are listening. That's fine, you can So that's it. Paris. Right. Look at your face is all smoothed out. I, yeah, it does smooth it, I guess you're right. No, no, well, it's, no not, it's, it's not, it's not just. No, 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 I think what it is, it's not, it's cause it's not like an AI thing. What it does is it's, it takes all the shadows and it it changes the curve so that they're not visible. What I was talking about is, are these. Oh yeah, I don't use those. I've never even no, clicked into that thing. No, but look at this one. I don't want to do it, I don't want to do this it. This is, but I, don't, the, I, don't I need do you, to, Oh man, this God, is not what I wanted to do with this. You need to learn how to not always do everything your way. <laughs> Okay, so. Um, I know what you're going into. I know what you're going Jason, into. Jason, <laughs> let me do this. 
Do you hear what I'm saying to you? You're putting dog ears on yourself. I get no. it. Yeah, you got some flowers I'm on so you. I'm so mad at you right now. God, I'm trying to show you something. Okay, no, wait. There's one in here that's like literally. So, no, it's not that <laughs> For those of you listening, this, this has got to be it's just this one. really Look. enjoyable. Yeah, that's like the Paris filter. It's like the same thing. Wow, that is helpful for this conversation. <laughs> exactly why I showed it to you. Because this is what I thought you were talking about. Guys, that's it. This is over. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stop the recording. What are you doing with Siri? Ah, Siri, no! <laughs> well, that completely derailed what I was trying to say and discuss. Can we also, go back to that? do you know what I love about that? Little what? exchange that everyone got to hear? What it's like to be in a marriage with two really stubborn people <laughs> where you're like, no, and I'm like, oh, you want, you say no? I say yes. And then you say no even more, and I say no, now definitely yes. For example, at a coffee shop the other day, Jason and I went to get coffee, and I wanted to sit at the community table. Will you give a preface to this? What? Will you explain how often we go to this coffee shop, how often we sit in these very comfortable chairs in this coffee shop? Okay, there's these two chairs facing each other. They're more like comfy, like lounge chairs. They're kind of chairs. like the chairs that we're sitting on now, yeah. if you can see they're the video. Leather, you slide back in, and then they're not like cafe chairs. They're like comfy coffee shop chairs with a little triangle table in there between. There was a word there that you used that I thought comfy. was... Comfy. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. We've had many a conversation there. Yeah. I, on this particular day, wanted to switch it up. So we're at the coffee shop waiting for our drinks, and Jason sits in, like, quote unquote, our spot. How many times do you and think we've sat there, just for the jury? Five to ten. For sure. At least 20 times. Are you insane? Uh, yes. Are you an insane person? Yes. This is how both of us are <laughs> literally living in different reality. There's no way. Yeah. Also, I would like to posit that as the person who is very hyper aware of how they feel in the coffee shop and like their dizziness levels and things like that, I might have a more accurate memory of how many times I've sat in that chair. You might. I would say 10 to 20 is the fair guess. I'll go 10 closer to 20. Closer to 20, not closer to five. Strike the last part from the record. I will, I will concede 10 to 20. <laughs> Jury? Okay. Sustained. <laughs> this is an episode so all, where we just talk about things and fight about them. And you guys all, get to hear that. The jury doesn't say sustained, but in our house they No, do. the jury stood up and they go, overruled, sustained. The, the jury doesn't say anything. They sat back down. Yeah. They're but, acquitted. The jury's acquitted. <laughs> the end of this story is I wanted to sit at a community table and Where then, are we? And the coffee shop. We're at a coffee shop, got it. I wanted to sit at the community table with the stools, and so I sat down and I said, come sit here. And you were, and you sat in our spot. Shh, what? I have to add texture to this story because I need people to Texturize. understand. It's not like I was standing up, milling about, waiting to figure out where to sit. I went to our chairs that we've sat in for 20 to 30 yeah. plus visits to this coffee okay. shop, bordering what to 40 we, to hey, 50 times. What did we concede? <laughs> I was already, so I was already sitting I had my drink, I had my peach scone that I was noshing on, and I was ready for my lovely wife of 10 to 20 years that we've been married to grace me <laughs> with her said, presence next to me, please. her beautifully unfiltered, not Paris, her cellulite leg dimple right next to me <laughs> so that I could just look into her eyes okay. and just tell her, babe, I just love you. You're ruining the story for me, I'm so <laughs> Long story short, we, in the coffee shop, I sat at the place I wanted to sit, Jason sat at the place he wanted to sit, and we just argued about it over the, <laughs> over the airwaves. Literally like eight feet apart. And I said, you come sit here. And he said, no, you come sit here. And we did it for like 10 minutes. And I said, if this is what we, this is how it ended. I did come sit with you, but, but only 
So here. So you had to tell me so what. So I was sitting, you were sitting at the community table, and I said, here's my offer to you. You win. <laughs> you win. You win, but, but I don't want to get up. But I don't move. I'm in the. Comfy chair. Comfy chair. I'm comfy. I'm noshing. I'm drinking. I'm comfy. And I thought to myself, I will and sit you next said, to you, but only if I want. But you said, mm, I have no back support. I love sitting at this community table where other mouth-breathing humans might sit next to me. I just hate it because I'm so stubborn, but you're just like this much more stubborn, and it's the worst thing for a stubborn person to so be here's how this someone ended. who's willing. I, wanna, I want the jury to know, and I want the defense to rest. What is this episode about? This is an episode about random things. It's like uh, way after dark, except we're not drinking, so it's just middle of the day. Uh, so I, I said, Hey, you win, but I don't want to get up. So just come sit down and like, everyone will know that you won this. So like, and you so were like, right now, and you as were like, we're retelling the story. I want everyone to, to know. I know it doesn't seem like I won, but, <laughs> no, but here's the, the thing. record shows. No, I won. but here's the thing. Then you said, no, you come sit here. I want to win. Then I'll go sit back over there. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is fine. But I love my wife so much that I was oh, like- Oh, that's right, you did come and sit. I got up, I put my coffee down, yeah. I put my peach scone down, I sat on a very, very comfortable, supportive, and wonderful stool at this community table, to which I said, you win, can we go sit in the comfy chairs that we've sat in 50 to 60 times I since we've I think everyone here? listening will be happy to know that I at least, in my terms, made you come sit for a moment at you my spot. You did such a great job. God, I just love you so much. I love you too. Wow, what a great relationship. We love it. Uh, do you think they're taking bets at home of how long this is going to last? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I give those zooks about one to three more years. Uh, okay, so this I is... I personally found that to be a fun experience. It was fun. This is going to be just a very random episode now, we've decided. Because uh, we can't talk about real stuff now. I have another topic I would like to bring up, and then we can see where things go from there mm. as we continue to go random. Like, see how they heat up. So, this is more of a serious tone, but maybe it'll have some levity to it. Uh, I, so I've been listening to the Cat and Cloud Coffee podcast. Chris Baca and his business partner, whose name I don't know, I'm sorry. Um, I care more about Chris, because he's like the stronger personality. He's oh, like the face honest. of the thing. Yeah, he was on Matt Diavella's podcast on the Ground Up Show, if you want to listen to him there and see if you get a good feel for him. Anyway, uh, they are getting sued by Caterpillar, the construction company, because Caterpillar wants to own the trademark of the word cat everywhere. And so they're going after anybody who's completely unrelated, obviously, as Cat and Cloud Coffee, who owns a trademark for Cat and Cloud. So this has just been, first of all, it's very frustrating to listen to because it just makes you so mad. Mm -hmm. But as they say in the episodes, it's they're very, like not happy to share it, but they want to share this story because they don't want big business to be able to step on small business without people hearing about it. Yeah, and I that do, needs to happen. That is such an important thing. So uh, the reason I bring this up, I would just like to you know talk about it with you and we talked about it a little bit and I think big business versus small business is interesting. But I will say that if, uh, if you guys are thinking, listening to this or watching this, if you're thinking like, oh, I could buy a bag of coffee and like coffee or I want like a t-shirt or I want to support a company that's currently being attacked by a you know $50 billion annual company and they're a small coffee shop that's owned by just a couple people. I started a coffee subscription with Cat and Cloud. Uh, so, and I got a little drawing of a cat in the mail with my first bag, which I loved. You don't even like cats. I don't even like cats. But at you all. like drawings of cats. But I like drawings of cats. And I appreciated the touch, but also I really appreciated the fact that I could support them with money because they're gonna need it to fight this legal battle. And it's very frustrating. So that's just my one ask of you guys listening to this. If you're if you're hearing us talk about this and you're like, oh man, I wanna support these people in some way, 
Go to Cat and Cloud's website. You can just search Cat and Cloud Coffee. You'll be able to find them easily. If you want to start a coffee subscription, you can do that. Uh, I did that. It's like 20 bucks every three weeks or whatever to get a bag of coffee delivered. It's about how much coffee we drink anyway, so uh, it works out. Coffee's great. We had it this morning. But it's frustrating. This big business versus small what, business is so- Here's what I don't understand. I actually don't understand the perspective of Cat because well, they, the, it's it's absurd. It's absurd that anyone would confuse Cat the the construction company yeah. for a small coffee. So shop. what they said, I'll spoil a little bit here of why this lawsuit is actually happening. But I would encourage people to listen to it because it's a very interesting conversation and it should be listened to. Which is Caterpillar just wants to own the word cat because they feel like it's potentially taking away from market share of people knowing that they are cat as a business. So they feel like anybody else who's using the word cat in their company name is taking away from, oh, what's that company? It's the construction vehicle company. That's kind of their grounds for this, which is just well, ridiculous. Also, can I bring up one other also thing? Also stupid that you, but it's the word cat. Yeah. Are you gonna sue the new movie coming out called Cats? Well, here's the funny thing. So they bring this up. There is a clothing company, I think called Cat and Jack, that yeah, is targets. Yeah, target. Yeah, they're not going after Cat and Jack. Oh, okay. Yeah, so literally all they're doing, and this is again, I'm going so off of- So to them, it's just pocket change, and they're like, might as well. They already pay a lawyer, or a whole team of lawyers, so much money every month and year. God, that makes me mad. Doesn't it? And, and this is why I wanted to bring this up is because these are the stories that a lot of times in the entrepreneurial space, in the small business world, in the thing where we all own our companies and we're just trying to make our dreams come true. We're just trying to create the thing that we want. You don't hear about these ugly, disgusting, things that go on because they're not really headline worthy for things like Fast Company, Entrepreneur, like all these magazines that talk about the glorification of small business and big business. And instead you get the stories of like, oh, data privacy and those things. And that's fine, like that stuff's important too. But it's also important when a big business goes after small businesses because it would be different if the storyline was Caterpillar is going on a huge global attack or whatever, or anything, to own the word cat and they're going after everybody. Then it becomes kind of a fair game, still douchey, but kind of a fair game of understanding, okay, you're going after everybody, that's fine. But to only go after small businesses, it really just shows the like this is what, tyranny of this company. Yes, this is what also really irks me about it. Tyranny is the perfect word because to me, yes. what it demonstrates is such a, such a gross like, misuse of leverage totally. and a power dynamic. Totally. Because what they're doing is basically saying, we know that this company doesn't even, it doesn't matter what who has the moral high ground. It doesn't matter if they have a case or not because they know that this small company won't even be able to cover the legal costs of, of totally. letting it play out in court. Yep. And that has a lot of threads, right? Like that's the justice system, that's this and that. And it reminds me, this is a very loose tie-in, but it's the same feeling I get about you hear these stories of, <clears throat> um, you know, people who have been convicted of crimes and they maintain their innocence. Um, but, you know, because of the way that the justice system is, they're basically like, okay, you could A, go through this entire legal proceeding and have to pay, you could be, you know, millions of dollars in debt or, or hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to try and play this out in court or you can take a couple of years in prison, settle and blah, blah, and, and, and be done with it. So then you're not out all this debt and you are taking the sure bet 
versus like the maybe 10 years that you could get if there's some type of like misjustice that happens. And it's so frustrating because it's like, because of the way that the system is set up, yeah. the, the system has all the leverage. And so the person who has no, such a lack of resources is put in a position, an impossible position, where it doesn't matter who has the moral high ground. It doesn't yep. matter who has the truth. It doesn't matter what's right or wrong. It's that one person has resources and the other person doesn't. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, as I've been listening, I think they've done two episodes now on this and, and I, I'm not fully finished through the second episode to know if there's been any other movement. But what they've said now is that like, they think it's just gonna go on and on and on. And for them, that just means bleeding them dry, right? Because if you think about it- So, so are, did they say that they're gonna keep going? Yeah, so they're doing everything like in their principle? power. Yep, out of principle, because they basically said, if we roll over on this, then they're just gonna do it to the next person and to the next person, and then other businesses are gonna do it. Yeah, because the only reason why they're doing it to them is because somebody before them- Totally. Proved their thesis, which is that we don't have the money to pay the legal fees, so we're gonna just roll over and change our name. I think that's really brave of them to say, listen, this might take my company under, but now I'm fighting for a bigger purpose, which is the principle of you shouldn't be able to do this to small businesses. I was gonna try and look up how much money they make per day. So Caterpillar makes $10 million per day. So that's because it couldn't go one zero further. So I had to add one zero. So they're a $54 billion annual company. Mm -hmm. So they make $10 million per day. 10 and a half. 10 and a half million dollars per day. In Is one, that right? yeah, fourteen. Yeah. Oh, so sorry, fourteen million. Jesus, this math is ridiculous. Fourteen million dollars a day. So, okay, let's go. Oh God, that let's makes me sick. Let's go one step further. So fourteen. Can I get fourteen million? So that's a hundred. That's one hundred and forty million. That's right? one hundred and forty million. Uh, go back one. This is this is fun. This is another Six. thing you get to listen to. That's fourteen million. Okay, divided by twenty-four. <laughs> so every hour of the day in one year. Caterpillar makes $580,000. $580,000. So in one hour of one day, in one year, this is just one year, Caterpillar has enough money that they generate to completely obliterate this small coffee company and any resources they would have. For Cat and Cloud to have $600,000, it would take I mean, probably selling off every coffee shop they have, every asset they have, raising money on GoFundMe, getting a loan from someone else. Like, and that's not to say that like that's the number that matters or anything else, but it just shows you the gross difference between the two and how, what I don't understand about this is the person who is at Caterpillar, the person who is at this big business going, you know what? We probably should just like bleed this small business dry. You know, like, let's just do that. We just well, know that we I have the resources. Why not? I think that- um, Like, where's the human element in it? I think that a lot of the thing about human complexities is that people can really do a lot of really awful things under the guise of like personal mission and um, like they can convince themselves that they, they're doing the right thing. So like a good example, you probably didn't see the news story going around, but like the the woman lawyer who was like a representative of ICE or whatever who had to go in front of Congress and basically testify that these conditions that all of these you know um, detainees are living under were were fine and the fact that people don't get toothpaste or toothbrushes and she basically had to defend like oh well that's okay kind of thing and you know everyone's like this person is evil this is awful and and believe me like i don't know how a person can stand up there and say that either but i think what it demonstrates is that like 
if I put myself in her shoes, like she's, she's doing every action under the guise of this like personal mission. Like she has a job to do. The job is to defend these people and protect them from this. And they, she's been told from a person higher up. And so everyone's just going about their lives with this like, I mean, it's selfishness, like, really, yeah. prote self protecting their own self-interest at all costs. And I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying that it's, um, you know, defensible in any way, shape, or form. What I'm saying is if you dig deep, you can see how people can twist it, twist it into, I'm just, I have a job to do, yeah. you know? So what do you think about Amazon and like how they find these like small vendors who do really well on their site and then basically just rip off their stuff. Yeah. I don't like it at all. So I actually, this is, it's funny you mentioned that I, another podcast I listened to. It sounds like I listened to like a crap load of podcasts. I really don't listen to like four, but, uh, the catch up call with, uh, John Wheatley and Marshall Haas, who inspired my other show that I now host with my buddy, Greg, shout out, shameless shout out, move the needle. Uh, they talked about how they are trying to get ahead of Amazon selling uh, iPhone cases because one of the businesses that they started was a business called Peel and it's done very well and it kind of like cornered the market on minimal cases for phones before that where there were a lot of people doing it. But what they've talked about is that they're trying to get Peel on Amazon first in search, all these things, because they've, what they've realized is that Amazon Basics, which is kind of the, the company mm -hmm. um, that does all this stuff, they could literally just destroy any chance that Peel has on Amazon because they could manufacture everything themselves. I just had a weird revelation. Okay. Is it, we're are, are we're, we creating a new Amazon? No, but we're sitting here and I'm like, yeah, that's really, that's really effed up of Amazon to basically create the same product and sell it for less so then everyone buys that. But then I'm like, yet in a Target, I see the... the Yeah, the, the name brand the or the off-name brand. The name brand, the off-brand. What do they call that? The store brand. Yeah. I see the store brand and you go, oh, these these ingredients are exactly the same. And like, you, we just, like we just bought uh, the generic version of Flonase, which is like the nose spray, and it's Glucoconeifagogonuga, whatever that thing is. We yeah. just had this happen. It's the CVS brand. So they just name it, whatever it is. But but it's so funny to me how it's the same scenario, but in the store scenario, we're like, look at NyQuil, like Vicks charging an arm and a leg for this product and it's the same as this thing and they're charging less. And we're like, yes, yeah, off brand. But then like with Amazon, and I guess the difference is like, right? Like in the store scenario, you don't feel so bad because you you know that they're they're upcharging you for the brand name. Right. And so it's not some small mom and pop shop. It's, right. you know. Yeah, and, and there is a little bit of a difference too where I think everyone's starting to come around to the fact of Amazon could have better practices. They could have better decisions they make. We were talking about this on a walk the other day. Like if Jeff Bezos basically just said, I'm just gonna take like, 1% of the money that I make, and I'm going to reinvest that in making the working environments better for all of the workers of Amazon and every warehouse that we have, that money would probably go a pretty long way. And it would probably make a pretty big difference and make no difference to him and his overall wealth, but a huge difference for all the people who work for him and create that wealth for him in all the action. And I think that, that those are the stories where we hear about it constantly with a company like Amazon, you don't hear about it with a company like Target. You don't hear about it with a company like CBS. Maybe it's happening. You know, yeah. maybe we shouldn't be buying the store brands for these companies because well, they are doing not great practices. But the other part of that that is interesting is where we go, okay, we know Marshall, I mean, no, Marshall from Peel, like he's a good person. I wanna give him the money. I don't wanna give Amazon the knockoff version of that because I know that he's a good person, I wanna support him. 
as opposed to like, let's take like a NyQuil, for example, they're probably owned by a much bigger corporation. Right. And it's like, well, are, are those people just like Caterpillar in our previous discussion? Like, well, I don't want to support that. That was my whole thing was like, the second that you start to go, okay, well, what's Amazon practices, then you have to trickle that down to like, okay, then, then you kind of have to say, I'm going to look into every brand and yeah. that's, that's a lot of work. I mean, that, that's, that's the, the human inconvenience thing that John Oliver talks about in his Amazon episode where he's like, convenience wins. So, yeah. so do you think that people knowing all of the bad warehouse practices of Amazon and stuff is going to keep people from ordering Amazon prime or ordering shit on prime day? I guarantee you it did not. No, and I mean, every time I have ordered on Amazon after watching John Oliver's piece about um, the Amazon warehouse you know, stuff, and if you haven't watched it, definitely go and watch it. You can find it on YouTube very easily. It is eye-opening, and it does make you think twice about, oh, should I pay to get this a little bit faster for tomorrow? In knowing that there's a person on the other end of that, not a robot, that is skipping their bathroom break so that they can not fall behind on their order queue. And it's like, when you hear those stories, it really makes you start to wonder like, what price are we paying in as a human it's like society for convenience? And there's gotta be a better way for this. And I mean, my personal thought is like, I would be so happy to give Amazon the money for convenience if I knew that A, all the workers were taken care of fairly and they worked fair hours and everything was, you know, however that was figured out. Or B, they just had a bunch of robots that were doing all of this work and robots don't care. They don't have feelings. They have parts. It's just like, it doesn't matter. Like they can just work as fast as they can until they die and then you build another one and it doesn't matter. There's no soul involved in a robot yet. <laughs> I would be fine with that, but it is really, it does become a difficult decision to go, hmm, do I need my toilet paper as fast as I can possibly get it? Or should I go and drive to the grocery store and get it there? So it is difficult. And th these are the things that I think have come up in where we live now and in the time that we live in now that people didn't have to think about or deal with these things. Cause you could only get toilet paper at one place in your town. You could only get it at one store. You knew where that company, you know, how it was run, where it came from. And the whole supply yeah. chain was clear. Yeah, until these companies started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And profit margins started getting more important and more important and and quality of life started to fall by the wayside in And I do think that there is exchange. something to be said for as consumers, and we've talked about this many times over, but it's like you're voting with your dollars and some of the most important votes you're making outside of political system come from your purchases. And so like for us, like we can walk to, we could walk to a Starbucks just as close as we could walk to the coffee shop that we had our argument about which chairs to sit in, but we will always choose to walk to the smaller family owned business because we want that business to know we want them to be there and we appreciate them and that's important. And I do think that a lot of times that just gets lost on people as you get into the routines of buying things and doing things and just taking a step back to be like, could I make a decision that maybe benefits the community or benefits like a family? That's the thing I think about whenever we support like someone like Ugmunk, our friend Jeff or Marshall or the coffee shop here, shout out Steady State coffee shop here. Um, I love knowing that like there are people like us who run that business that we're giving money to that they can continue to fulfill their dream of doing that thing. Mm -hmm. And that to me just feels really good. And I think if we all thought about that a little bit more in the purchases that we're making, now it's a little bit different when it comes to like NyQuil. Like I don't necessarily think that that 
You don't think that there's like a small town apothecary <laughs> who's throwing up some wicked NyQuil in the back? <laughs> I just learned what uh, apothecary was like a year ago. I didn't know what that was. Uh, I and knew now you really like the word tinctures. Tinctures, I was just gonna say. Uh, I do like to talk about tinctures. Uh, I think that they are an important part of everyday life. Uh, and that is an important thing. Why is that such a great word? Tinctures. Uh, okay, so I have one more random topic that great. actually relates back to the first topic that I wanted to go over with you. It's the circle of life. Wow. Couldn't hit a note <laughs> if I tried. Could not match tune, pitch, so, whatever. So uh, a couple of the uh, the responses that I've gotten from the face app old picture sharing are not- Is that a super handsome old man? Just how handsome I am as an old man are, oh, have you seen what's going on around their privacy terms and how they like wholly own and can use any photo you submit to their app? And on one hand, I get it. I'm not dumb. I understand that if someone has my photo and they wanna repurpose it and use it, I've given them the right to by uploading it to this app. On the second hand, this is not the thing we should be concerned about when it comes to online privacy. And I do find it so interesting when people get into these, like these small apps or these small things that pop up and maybe they don't have the best privacy practices or they're not doing these things. Yet everyone continues to use Google and yet it's very clear that Google is selling our data on a constant basis and they are mining our emails. Or companies like Amazon, when you put an Echo in your house, they are listening to conversations you have. Or the iPhone with Siri, or Facebook with the selling of data. Like we've seen all these things, but yet people get up in arms about these tiny little apps with these tiny little things. And I just find it kind of funny because people will like raise their hands and go, whoa, don't use this new app. They're, they have bad privacy practices. But that same person, two minutes before that, that comment on Twitter, which by the way, Twitter is selling your data as well, just logged into Gmail, was just on Facebook, and all of those places are using your data more than you could ever know. Yeah, I, I guess when you say that though, I'm sort of like, I don't think it's an either or. Like I just think, like when you say, this is not what we should be concerned about with privacy, it's like, do, does it have, do we have to choose? Like, I, I just think we should be concerned about privacy. So it's like, whereas you see that person and you see, the holes of, of hypocrisy, I just see like, oh, thank you. That's actually a good thing to be aware of. Like it doesn't have to be, if you're a person who's talking about privacy, you don't have to, just like if you're a person who's trying to make people aware about anything in the world. Give us an example. For example, it, it's like the post I shared with you before of like, thank you to the person who picks up trash on the beach, but doesn't go to march for women's rights. Thank you to the person who marches for women's rights, but doesn't eat, uh, you know, 100% ethically sourced meat. Thank you to the person who eats 100. The point is not all of us can do the right thing all the time. So instead of trying to point out everyone's hypocrisy, why not just go, oh wow, like I I didn't know that about the privacy of that one app. And you know what I'm saying? Instead of trying to be like, oh, you shouldn't be talking about that. It's like, oh, that's an interesting thing. I totally, you know totally hear what you're saying. And I understand the argument. I just find it interesting that the same person who is concerned about that thing doesn't avoid other places where it's clearly an abuse of privacy Maybe or- Maybe they don't know. Maybe they actually I mean, I don't think, know. I think everyone who would possibly write, have you read the privacy terms of this face app that makes your face look old? That person 100% knows Facebook is selling their data, Google is selling their data. They have to know. Mm -hmm. There's no way that person goes like, Oh, I had no idea. I just thought this app that just making your face old, you know, is going to well, use these photos. Then here's you know what a, I mean? Do you agree I with do, that? I do. Okay. I understand. I do think this is an interesting conversation, though, Ooh. because 
to me, there's a difference between how people perceive somebody selling their data versus somebody using their image, using their photo. And so the, the use case that I think of is like, once your face is like out of your hands, people can pair that image with whatever text they want, with whatever, whatever context they want. And now your personhood is associated with something that is completely out of your control. Now, if you're selling my data, I understand that's not good and you can know what all of my search habits are and you can know all of this stuff about me, but like you're, you know, I, I think you're using it to feed me ads that are more relevant to me. And so I'm less disturbed by that than you using my face to maybe create a reality that is out of my control. And that I totally agree with. Like I have a 90 day challenge fitness post that went up in 2012 that my before and after photos have been ripped and used on so many blog posts and so many videos. Hey, great abs by the way. Oh, thanks. They're, they're long gone, those abs. Let's have a moment of silence for those abs. Loved you abs, Loved you were you great. Abs. I uh, also was a fan of <laughs> I mean, the abs. internet clearly enjoyed them as well. Yeah. I mean, they were great, but. Uh, it is, sorry, it's a complete aside. It is really funny, cause like now we live in this era of like fitness bros on Instagram, whatever. And it's just amazing that like your transformation photo is like what has stood the test of time. <laughs> like I love those abs, don't get me wrong, great abs. But I'm like, of all the abs you could choose from? <laughs> yeah. Of all the abs, <laughs> you went with, these abs? These, I mean, okay. I mean, I think it's because they're like, they're attainable abs. Like they're basic oh, abs. Yeah. Basic ass abs. <laughs> well, know. not basic Hashtag ass abs. Hashtag attainable abs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, it those is- Those not Facetuned by the way. No, those, that, did, that app didn't exist at that time. I had to earn now those. Now anybody can have them abs. Uh, that, that does, your, your point is, is 100% correct. Like when I see that photo repurposed on some bro's website where he's trying to sell his fitness routine or... and supplements and like you're using my photo to your advantage and I had no that say in that. And I didn't condone it. I didn't condone that. Like I do, like 100%, I agree that matters, that is important, that is something to stand up for. Great so point. Great uh, point, Carol. I, I give you that. And I also wanna like, I will 100% say if the person who is sending me those things like the privacy matters, like if that is your intention of what you're telling me about that, that's fine. I just also think that a lot of times we get really hung up on the wrong thing at the wrong time. Um, but I see this part of the argument and I have lived it. So it's not something where I'm just sitting here going like, oh yeah, I could see how that would be a pain. It's like, no, I've seen my face on these websites and my picture and I've sent them emails to take my picture down because they haven't asked me for it. And the funny part is, here's the hilarious part. If one of those fitness sites sent me an email and said, hey Jason, this is a really great before and after. I think it's super relatable. I would like to use it. I'm selling this product. Would you like to check it out to see if you want your face? Like I know you're not, you didn't use the product, but I can just say like, here are some similar results you might be able to achieve. And then maybe that person was like, you know, if I looked at the product, I was like, yeah, this is actually a good product. Like I like the course or I like the program that you sell or whatever it is, or the ethically sourced protein that you put out there. Um, yeah, I could be interested in having my name there and saying that like, I gave permission to have my photo used, but don't just do it without asking me. Like that just makes me yeah, mad. Yeah, no one's gonna do that. Um, I just had another weird random tangent Let's do it, we're doing great. About you talking about the privacy thing and like then you having a response to that. And I, I hesitate to even open this Pandora's box because it's a big one, but it makes me think about like outrage culture. You know what I'm saying? That we live in this time now where we're like so quick to get outraged about yeah. so many things. But here's an interesting thing for you to mentally chew on is those of us who get outraged at outrage culture. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's the same human Can response. Can you give an example? For example, let's say, uh, 
well, let's just use the example that you gave of like the privacy thing being like, let's say there's a huge trend online of people being outraged by this privacy term and yeah. you see people hopping on the bandwagon and they're talking about this is wrong and blah, blah, blah. And I think, you know, Twitter is like the embodiment of outrage culture. It's like people yeah. just want to go there and spew their opinions and be, it's like people just want to be up in arms. Now that we live in this completely like information free society, people now just want to use that information to like have a mission every day and feel riled up, I think. So they go on Twitter and they're like, bah, 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 here's what I'm pissed about today. But here's an interesting thing. There's a backlash from that because I hear people talking about outrage culture and talking about, especially I think it's in the same kind of family as like the takedown culture and the cancel culture of like watching celebrities like say the wrong thing and then we take them down and like Scarlett Johansson does an interview and then we're like, she hates trans people and we're like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's in the same kind of thing. But then there's, I think, a group of us who see that happening and we're like, oh, like, you know, how small-minded of you to just like go online and just want to like hop on this. But the commentary on the commentary is the same, is a symptom of the same disease, which is just like, needing to share our opinions and our outrage to feel important and to feel and to like feed our ego yeah instead of approaching everything with compassion and just being like oh i i understand like being a human is hard we have these outlets that we i know it's very like kumbaya but i just the, the older i get the more therapy i do the more it's like i see it everywhere it's like we're all so uncomfortable with our own shit that we are looking for any outlet whatsoever to distract ourselves from like the stuff inside of us that we have to work on. And I think people who are outraged by outrage, that's just the same symptom of that. Yeah. And it's, I think we all have experienced this in varying degrees. Like we all have been outraged by something and we've wanted to immediately have a knee jerk reaction. And because we can have an outlet for that knee jerk reaction, like, Put, put yourself in our like our parents' generation shoes. So like 60 years ago, or probably more like 40 or 50 years ago. But like if they're outraged about something, all they can do is just like get up off their couch and be like, ah, I'm mad about this. And like- Or like at a dinner party. Yeah, like the, you, you can't that's do the, much with it. That's the height of it. it, yeah. Can't, yeah, it a PTA meeting. Yeah, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't have any legs to stand on and run around and be angry. But now we have all of these outlets where you can put this thing out there, spew, as you said, your opinion or, or, or these different things. And it does have a ripple effect. And this is why in our last, last episode, as we talked about our rituals, and for me, when I changed my morning routine around to not look at any of these types of things. So not look at Facebook newsfeed, not look at Twitter newsfeed, not look at my email, because there's a lot of outrage culture in our own email that affects our own businesses, which is kind of interesting to think about. When you remove that stuff from your sphere of vision, it does become a lot easier, I think, to be more compassionate about these things. But when you live in it every, like all day, every day, it's much harder to then like have the mindset to step back and go, oh, I shouldn't yell about this. And it is a fine line because I do, their outrage is very, and rage in general can be very constructive and is very important, especially around a lot of these like human rights issues that are at play every day in our culture. And it's important to speak out about them and it's important to draw awareness to them. But I just think there has to be a level of discernment of like, is this coming from a place of compassion for the people affected by it? And so that is what's compelling me to speak out. Or is this coming from a place of, I want to feel important. I need to get my high today to distract myself from whatever I'm feeling by you know, just raging against the machine. And I just think every person has to ask themselves that. And like, 
So I'm, I'm not against speaking out for things that I believe in, especially like when things really strike a chord with me and I'm like, I have to say something about this because it's such an injustice and it's so wrong. Like, but that has to come from a place of compassion for the people that are affected and recognizing that I wanna add my voice to to raising awareness for that person versus just wanting to like scream into the void to Yeah, and this is this is something that I've talked to you about. I mean, I can distinctly remember all the way back to working together on I Wear Your Shirt stuff, which is like, I'm totally happy to hear criticism or to hear, uh, you know, unpopular opinions about things or whatever, especially as it relates to like the business and whatnot. But I just want a solution attached to that. So it's one thing to just share outrage or an opinion or other things, but it's like, what's the what's the solution? Mm-hmm. So instead of just piling on and instead of just being like, oh, like this is just so terrible, like this has to stop. It's like, this is terrible and here's a way we can fix this. And I know that that's not necessarily the way that the human brain works. Like it, it is just a, like a thing where we just react and that's what comes out. But I do think that if there's a step further of like, if you wanna react quickly and you wanna pile on to what's going on, Okay, but just add a solution to it. So what is what is a thing that's going to fix whatever this problem is? And I get that there's not a fix to every problem and not every person knows what that is, but that's where it just takes, you take the time and maybe you internalize it a little bit. You think about what a solution that you could think of could be, or maybe you do some research and find out what that looks like. So instead of just having outrage, you have a solution that you bring to that so that then there's something that actually can change or, or happen with it. And I think that's just the nature of all of these social platforms, especially as we're talking about, have come up so quickly in our lives. We've had so little time to understand how to actually use them and to navigate them. And it's only gonna take another 10 years of them existing, because truthfully, that's really about the amount of time they've existed for us to understand like, oh, well, what is a way that outrage can be channeled for good to stop some of these really inhumane things or terrible things or privacy matters or any of this other stuff. Yeah, I think what also really irks me about the outrage machine as it relates to social media is just the absolute lack of context for so many things. Like we we are now becoming sent like accustomed to reading a headline and forming an opinion like that. Yeah, oh yeah. And we don't even read the story. We don't even, and regardless of, we don't go to do more research. We don't follow the footnotes. We don't know the story behind the story. And so I think it's also this weird social dynamic of like, we see the opinions of people who are in our sphere that we feel aligned with and it formulates then our opinion. And so that is the mob mentality and the jumping on because we're then using our opinion as a means to, as Brene Brown would say, like hijack connection with someone else because now we can hate the same thing. Totally. And that's great. We can, we can form a connection around that. And it's like, we have to be aware when we're doing that um, in order to go, well, hold on here. Like what's the context? And we also have to be extremely suspicious of our knee-jerk reactions and seeing stories that confirm biases our bias and then going oh i want to share this because it confirms like my worldview and i know that's really hard to say because none of us think that way like but like before you share something going wait a second am i sharing this because it confirms my worldview and like how would i feel if i found out that actually i didn't totally agree with this thing or i didn't have the same opinion as my peers like you know, leaving room for that possibility is one way to check yourself from... Before you wreck yourself. Before you wreck yourself. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's just the the speed at which social media happens has 
we're not mentally prepared to do our own internal research and thinking, take a pause, because it's faster and we get more of a dopamine response when we do share something and then we get a bunch of likes or we get a bunch of comments or we get a bunch of retweets or you get a bunch of interaction and that feels good to our human brains. So we keep doing that. We stay in that cycle as I, opposed to yeah. the- I just stay in the place of like, I don't know how I feel about this. And I stay in the place of just completely ignoring everything. <laughs> I know you do. But like, because like that's my default is like, I don't know how I feel about this because let me tell you why. And I maybe this is just my personality to not see things black and white. Like I see the gray area of everything, but I'm willing to be like, here's how I can see, you know, the nuances of where that's coming from or whatever. And so I think we also need to be okay with going, I don't know how I feel about this. Yep. Instead of just choosing a side and because that feels more comfortable because that's not uncertain. And it's like, no, I know, I believe this to be X, Y, and Z. And also to leave the door open to have our minds changed. Yep. What are you doing with your side Bernie What's Sanders there? Fix it. Your side Bernie Sanders, see what I did? Ooh, feel the burn. Side feel Bernie the Sanders. side burn. All right, well, I think that's enough of our, our randomness. Uh, we really went on a tiptoeing journey there. What are you gonna title this one, babe? I think I'm gonna title it, like, the best podcast you never thought you needed to listen to about all the things that are important in life and that everyone wants to know and that will change your abs in one easy supplement that you can take if you just download our app. That's it, short title. Great job. Quick to, you know, when someone wants to recommend it. Just go with a super condensed font. Yeah. I just spit a lot, <laughs> like a lot, a lot. I didn't feel it, so More than I've me. spent, maybe ever. Uh, all right, well, we're gonna go and look at my 2012 abs. I think that'd be a great way for us to kind of like just move into the rest of the day. Sounds like Is it lunchtime? It is lunchtime for so us. So we're gonna need some lunch. Yeah, we're gonna need some lunch. Uh, you're about to go on a trip, so just very quickly here, uh, we're all excited for you, we're all rooting for you. By the time this goes up, you will have gone on the trip, you will have been safe, everything will be fine, you'll come back. The anticipation is literally killing me. Yeah. Uh, I will say, for those of you who give a crap at all about the technical aspect of this show, which is probably seven of you, uh, there is going to be a new gear setup uh, in the camera part of this journey, I believe, by the next time we record a Wame show. Uh, and I'm excited about it. it. And I'll talk, I think I'll talk more about that in the next show of like. I just, I just don't even. Keep... No, but I think it's an interesting conversation of like. No, it is. I'm when just saying... to When to let your desire to upgrade things or change things or do that, like, like when you, you actually. Decide? Yeah. Yeah. And what I meant there was like, I just trust you now. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. I could literally buy like a $5,000 camera and you just be like, well, I mean. You're the one, you're you're gonna do it, well, which yeah. is a great also, thing to do. However, you won't let me pick the seat in our favorite coffee shop, which is bizarre, the battles that you choose. I just really, <laughs> really, really, it was important to me to win that battle. Oh, I wanna finish this with, please go support Cat and Cloud Coffee. They're not asking me to do this, they don't even know I'm doing it. We have such a small audience here, but uh, small but mighty is kind of the whole theme behind them, hopefully trying to uh, not get crushed by a big business. So, I'm surprised the cloud isn't suing them, you know what I mean? They should, Google Cloud should sue them. I mean, you know. Is that but yeah. Google Cloud? Yeah. I so cloud? Cat and Cloud Coffee, Google them, buy something from them, support them, let them know that you're uh, on their side, listen to the podcast, whatever you can do to support. Um, we just want small businesses to not get crushed because we're a small business. And if we were having that happen to us, it would be miserable, so. Okay. Good thing we made up a word in our name, aimfully. Nobody's coming <laughs> after us for that. Easy peasy, lemon. Teasy. Squeezy. I know. All right. You know how you like to change stuff? See you guys later. Bye.